the podcast coach for June 9th, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. That fun-filled music that means, hey, it's Saturday. It's 1030 Eastern Standard Time. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one, the only, don't be fooled by cheap imitations, Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. How's it going, Jim? Greetings. Happy Saturday morning to you, Dave. And uh, an allergy-filled week. Holy yeah. cow. I have finally went out and got some drugs. Thursday night, I tried to do my own podcast. And I, after an hour, voice was gone. And I had to do three. I did three podcasts over the week, you know, over the week, a couple on Thursday, one on Friday. I think we're back today. I went I went out last night and got some meds. Do you, you take any allergy meds? I do. I, I have some sort of like last night I had a thing where I was sneezing like seven, eight times in a row to where I woke up this morning. My ribs hurt and it's some sort of generic. I got it at Mark's, which is a little discount store here. Some little red pill that somehow, you know, helps yeah. me breathe or whatever. But yeah, it well, is that time of year where. When you talk for a living, right, it's it's dangerous yeah. when all of a sudden you can't talk anymore. Yeah. And a little scary. I mean, not really, but it is one of those things. It's so frustrating by the end of the show on Thursday. It was just, I was, you know, you're pushing every little bit of wind to, to try and keep that voice. It was exhausting. Eventually, the chat room was like, okay, it's time to quit. Like, <laughs> just stop talking, Jim. So it's uh, good, good to have at least uh, some of the voice back. Yeah. If you'd like to join us, we are here at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Or if you have a question, it's askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, and you'll pop right into this video. And if you don't want to show your screen, you don't have to. Uh, but if you want to ask it live, you can. Or you can send them in ahead of time, like um, Agent Bond, Carrie Bond, um, sent in a question, which means I have to find the monitor one knob again. And it sounds, it's, it's an interesting question. Get your pencil. We might have to take some notes on this one. Hey, Dave, my question is about when it makes sense to add podcasting as a service to an existing client contract. So I live in a tourism destination and the show I'm working on is about the local area. You actually helped me with the struggle of naming it last week, which I sincerely appreciate, by the way. Well, one of my biggest clients for my photography studio is actually a prominent local business networking organization. I cover all of their events, capture images for their marketing and handle all of their social media content. Since podcasting falls somewhat in line with that line of work, and because my show topic is directly relevant to their audience, I thought, hmm, maybe this is something I add to the work I'm already doing for them. On the one hand, the show would get immediate exposure to their fan base of about 20,000 people and get promoted in their newsletter and their live events. But on the other hand, I'd be kind of taking something that was going to be more of a project for my own business and kind of making it their thing. I'd also have to go through a little bit more red tape, getting approvals on topics, and probably have to stick to just interviewing their members and covering events relevant to them. So with that in mind, my questions are, one, is that access to this robust follower base right out of the gate really worth losing that autonomy and freedom to do a show the way I want? Two, if I were to approach it this way, do you know of any other podcasters who have run into this scenario and what are some of the potential pitfalls to watch out for? And three, are there other ways maybe that I could create that symbiotic relationship where I still produce the content and the podcast for myself, but make it beneficial enough to them that I could have an exchange where I get access to their audience? Thanks so much for the help and all you do. And I look forward to your answer. It sounds like, do I want to do the podcast where I control it? And I'm going to cover things that this organization probably is doing, or do I make it their podcast? I'll help them with it. And 
I'll probably have to now pass things through them to get approved. Is that kind of how you took that, Jim? Yeah, no, I think I think that's right on. So well, uh, any thoughts? I'm trying to figure this out. I'm like, it's Yeah, a few. Um one is I don't think it has to be either or because that's what it sounds like she's setting it up as like either I get access to their audience, but I have to kind of turn over the rights to what I do for them and, and, and some possibly some creative control. I get that. That's possible. If that's a huge audience, that may be worth it. Right. Or do I do it on my own and, and, and not get that, the, the potential you could do a little bit of both, which in other words is produce full content on your site. Then do a short or something like that for them. Do a segment that is smaller, that fits into their category, but make it very clear it's a part of a bigger set that you're doing. Now, that that takes a little more, I think, negotiation or a little more savvy to get that that agreement between you and this other third party. But it could be an opportunity to, you know, create a little three minute something segment short, whatever for them. And then direct them back to your stuff for the full content. That way you get to do a little bit of both in that. Um, again, harder work in the negotiation because you're going to get this, this relationship's going to have to work that way, but you don't lose complete control of it and you still get access to their audience. That's, those are my thoughts, Dave. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and when in doubt, do, a, do the old Ben Franklin. And here's the pros of this. Here's the con. Uh, because the one thing we all want is listeners and subscribers and they've got a huge audience and that is definitely very, very, very attractive. And yeah, I'm with you. It's just, I would sit there and think what, what would you be covering that you probably wouldn't be covering if they controlled it? And then, you know, and I, I'm with you kind of just put all the cards on the table and go, Hey, I, I like your idea of like, Hey, how about if we do a regular segment on your stuff in my show? Yeah, because what happens, at least from my point of view, if I go back to my days of being a musician, I have always been in bands, which were usually somewhat but not really democratic. I was in one band where I was the hired guitar player. And it's weird because both involvement and I got to play in front of big audiences and we could have gone out and burped into the microphone. They would be like, yeah, you guys are the best. It was awesome. But I had I, I had to play a certain way. I I had to play certain songs. And so it was a job. That's the thing that really, it was weird. It went from being like, you always thought, man, it'd be great to play in front of crowds. Well, yeah, but not if you're enjoying, not enjoying the content. And it was interesting because the singer was also a guitar player. And I remember this one night uh, we were playing an old door song and in the middle uh, roadhouse blues, I just went off and people, it was, it was cool. This is always the best thing when you're a guitar player, when you hear people start applauding and you're still playing like, wow, look at that guy go. And it was really, really cool. And we got done at the end of the night. And he goes, yeah, that thing you did in the doors. He goes, yeah. He goes, don't play like that. And I was like, what did, like, did you not hear like, and he's, yeah, that's, you're playing too fast. And I was like, what? And that's when it was like, okay. Uh, um, you know, and like, here's my check. And I'm like, okay, I'm not getting paid to play like that. I'm getting paid to play the way he says so. And it just made it a job. So now on the other hand, depending on how big that check is, that's that's really what it boils down to. Are you willing to get paid to lose up some control? And that's where, like Jim was saying, I think you just need to have an honest conversation and set some some guidelines of saying, hey, I'm, I'm already doing this show. Why don't we bring you on as a segment piece? I like that idea. That way you it's know, the best of both worlds. Maybe test that audience too a little bit. It may not be worth it. I mean, see if you could figure out a way to 
do one thing where you get access to the audience and, and see what their response is to you. Like before you even get out there and say, yeah, I'm going to commit to this big thing because they have this big audience. You may find that audience isn't worth it and find a way to measure some engagement, a coupon code, uh, something, something they come back to a site, have a landing page they can go to something along those lines where, you know, you get that first initial impression. And Dave, you know, I would say anything over a 5%, you know, if, if you can get an idea how big their audience is, and if you get a, get a 5% engagement on something, well, chances are you're probably that that, that might be a good match there. So before you get married, yeah, you know, date a little bit. And I don't, <laughs> we, don't we don't know all the, you know, there's a whole bunch of things we don't know about yeah. in this relationship, but it may be a good opportunity to test the waters out a little bit beforehand. And there may be some things you can do with them that would be symbiotic enough that they would still benefit and you would benefit, even though it wouldn't be a permanent thing. So pitch that as like, hey, I want to test some audience engagement stuff because I want to get really pinpointed on what would work for them and work for me. Let's do these trial things to get some ideas of what the data is, and then we can make an informed decision based on some data. So that instead of just jumping into it, it may be an opportunity to talk, to do some test, some pilot stuff. And maybe she's done that already. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But um, good opportunity to try that first, get some numbers. If we go back to the original question, when should somebody add podcasting to their repertoire? Uh, I just interviewed like Dave Chesson, I believe is his last name. His website is kindlepreneur.com. He's a book marketer. And I really was just impressed with everything he's doing. And I asked him, I said, look, you started this out as a blog for independent uh, authors who need to promote their book. I said, and then you started it as a podcast. Did you see a, a difference? And he said, yeah. He goes, he, he started the podcast because people were asking him for it. And he said his thing is he writes really in-depth articles with step-by-step stuff. Uh, and he said people just would come to his website and they would see this, you know, 3,000-word blog post and go, I, I, don't, I don't have time for that. And he said, but if this was, if I could listen to this in the car, I'd do it. And he said, so he did it. And he said, yeah, he's definitely seeing you know, not, um, it's not hockey stick growth again, but he's getting more engagement from people and it's just another way of, of contacting people. So if you're already doing a, that's the one that blows me away. If you're already writing a blog, it it literally, what you, you're, you're a piece of artwork and a media host away from being a podcast. So absolutely get into it. I also think people make too big of a commitment to podcasting early. In other words, we kind of think I'm going to create this podcast and it's going to go forever and there's no end point. And, and I think we, we could be served a lot better if we started off with, I'm going to do 10. It's going to be this series. It's going to begin and it's going to end. Yep. And then if it, if you, if you, uh, you know, if it works, do a second season, do a second series, do a second, whatever you want to call it, year, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But I, I just think too many people think, and that this is why they don't get started, is because like, well, man, I got to do a weekly podcast forever. Like, when do I stop? Well, plan 10 things and stop and see what you get. Um, and uh, Veronica Belmont uh, mm-hmm. has done this with In Real Life, her new podcast. And she has super short seasons. They're like eight or 10 episodes. Then she takes a long break and she starts over again. And um, they had they had little bits of things. They had little five minute ones they put out in between. But she's done a nice job of just kind of limiting it to that time. So that's another strategy. I don't think people take enough advantage of. Yeah, my uh, I have a friend of mine, George Robb, does the Geologic podcast, and he said I'm going to do it for a year, which was basically fifty fifty two episodes. 
And he's just within the first year, he just kept getting more and more stuff. He's a musician. He's really into the, the atheist slash skeptic kind of area. And through that podcast, he was able to end up hosting. There's a thing called, um, I think it's the amazing meeting or something like that. It's the thing the amazing Randy used to hold. And it's like, it's like, it'd be like us being asked to moderate podcast movement, you know? So it just, everything he turned around, he's getting to meet his heroes and all this other stuff. And so he's been, I think he's like four or five years into it now. Here's uh here's the, by the way, I'd say, I'd say yes to that. If they asked us to, I'm just, just saying <laughs> publicly, I'd say yes. If podcast movement wanted to ask yeah, us yeah. to do that, we would do that. Just, just saying. Absolutely. Small world. I'm, I'm talking, I wanted to make sure to mention to Emily, who of course, from the story behind podcast.com working on her book. I'm like, Oh, you got to know this guy, Dave Chesson. And uh, to what she says, good old E. Oh, help me, Emily. Epodcastproductions.com, I believe, is the right website for her podcasting stuff. She goes, oh, yeah, he's one of my clients. So nice. I'm completely talking to the uh, uh, the whatever, preaching to the choir, however that goes. Um, Epodcast Productions, right? Do I have that right, Emily? She'll, she'll throw that. Yes. In just um, a but uh, so, yeah, that's uh, so. Um, Miss Bond, thank you for uh, for the question. If you ever want to call in, uh, if you're if you can't be here Saturday, uh, feel free to call it in. The phone number is 888-563-3228. And that is the right uh, address, epodcastproductions.com. Um, or join us live again, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And if you're listening right now, uh, feel free to jump on in at askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And here's another fun-filled question, Jim. Uh, let me throw this link in the chat room. According to TechCrunch, apparently some Apple numbers came out this week. And there are now, have you seen the number? Do you know what the number is, Jim? Uh, say that again, Dave. You, you do, cut do, out a little bit. Do you know how many podcasts are in Apple iTunes oh, now? Do oh, you, no, I don't. A billion. No, not quite that much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. In April, they say there were 525,000. And now the number is up to, because this is now June. So apparently in May, 550,000 podcasts. It's a lot. That is a lot. I was, now, I was close. I was halfway there. Yeah, you're halfway there. <laughs> and so uh, you see that. Now, of course, there are a ton in there that are dead, but still, they still have an active feed. Yeah. Somebody's paying the hosting bill, so they're still there. But what what is your answer to the question, oh, man, 550,000 people are in front of me. Should I even start a podcast? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Why? Well, because they're, they're, you're unique. You have your own things to say that no one else can say. You know, it's just like, you know, all the fingerprints in the world have been taken. You know, you're like, no, no, no. You <laughs> still have a unique set and you have a, new, a unique set of gifts and talents and you'll never know if it's going to go anywhere if you don't try. So I think everybody, if you think you want to do it, you got to try it. It's a bucket list thing. It's a, yeah. you got to get it. Well, listen, human humanity, well, you don't try. I mean, if you don't try, I mean, I know that sounds big and audacious, but it's true. You never know. So I don't, I don't care if every, well, if everybody was doing it, that'd be a moot point, but you know, I don't care. You should get out there and give it a try. Yeah. Cause let's say another guy starts, Hey, I'm going to do a tech show. We're going to talk about gadgets that people use in the home, you're still going to be different than Jim. Cause you have a different, you might not like frothing as much as Jim does. I uh, love froth. <laughs> love froth. I've got, Hey, because of the froth, I got two, listen, two coffee mugs down here. This morning. 
That's that's how much froth. That's the new story on Jim's podcast because of my frothing. Because of my frother. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's it's a beautiful thing. Well, yeah, you know, we um last week we we've been monkeying around with our format on Home Gadget Geeks. Mm. And actually I just changed my format to in the beginning of the show I say we're news reviews, product updates and conversation all for the average tech guy. I say that in my intro every time. Mm. So we just broke down the format by news, reviews, product updates, and conversation. And I, I kind of stole a little bit from you, and we moved conversation up to the front. So anybody who posts anything to the Facebook group, I kind of Emily reinforced this for me because she's taking a lot of stuff for story behind from her Facebook group, which I think is great engagement. So I moved that up to the front. We're 357 episodes in, and I'm changing the, you know, I'm starting to, I'm still trying to tweak that format. And so, um, even my show isn't like my show used to be right type deal. So they're, they're all unique. Yeah. I was really excited and slightly disappointed. The new David Letterman show on Netflix, he interviewed Howard Stern. Why well, used to listen to Howard Stern religiously growing up and Howard, unfortunately was just Howard. He kept monkeying around. I don't think Howard likes as much as he, you know, comes across as this egomaniac. I don't think he's really comfortable talking about himself. So he kept making fun of his beard and, and things like that. But he did say something because he said, look, uh, there are a lot of people that Howard used to attack. And he said, yeah, I've, I've apologized, including to David Letterman. He, he, I guess apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently at one point he ripped Dave a new one on the air. And he, um, he, he said I, he went through some therapy and basically he's kind of come out a kinder, gentler Howard Stern. And he said, people have said, oh, you're soft and you've done this. And he goes, look, if your show isn't changing, it's not good radio. And I was like, that's an interesting concept. But I think that's I think that's always going to be the case. I think just as we go along, not only does life in general change, but so do you. You know, so I think your show's always going to be a little different. We were talking before we uh, hit record today that I'm in the process of rewriting my book, More Podcast Money. And so we're probably going to hear some things on the School of Podcasting about making money with your podcast because that's kind of where Dave is right now. And I think that's what makes, I'm with you. I think everything is unique with, uh, with starting a podcast, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to end up with a really cool podcast and a cool community and new friends and all the other things that come from podcasting, or you're going to have a story to tell about the time you tried to do a podcast and it went right into the wall. And it was a lot of time and you hated it. And I don't know why I tried it, but at least you tried it, you know? So that's, that's the way I look at it. Um, well, Dave, let's be honest. I think most people listen to podcasts for the personalities. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we say content is king and you absolutely have to have good content. You just can't get on there. Uh, or, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It can't be junk, but if you come and you bring your real personality, there goes my voice. If you come bring your real personality, bring the real you transparent, honest, all those things. And people are attracted to that. They come for you. I, I just, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Dave. Yeah. People listen to you because of you. And so you're out there making friends. That's what listeners are, right? They're your friends. And, and they just listen to you instead of having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, they're listening to you in the car or whatever. So if you don't podcast, you're, you're, you're shortcutting, you're, you're, um, you're short hopping your ability to make new friends. And I, I just think if you look at it that way, yeah, you got to get out there and get it done. There might be, I mean, that's when all of a sudden a hundred new friends, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, when you think so again, we kind of, I think take for granted in some ways is I can say I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie in three months. If you're in that area, I'd love to do a meetup. 
And I've yet to do that and not have at least one person show up. Yeah. And the one time I think somebody drove like an hour and a half to come have dinner. And I was like, that's amazing. So, and, and they're really cool people. So you're losing the potential. I can't get this out. You're, you might miss out on having friends. Totally. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't agree more <laughs> in that, in that article. And they, they mentioned 50 billion episodes have been streamed since launch. That's pretty amazing. 50 billion. What? 118 million individual episodes representing 155 countries and more than a hundred languages. That's, those are some interesting stats when we think about how that, how it's, it's really gone global. Yeah. That's the, that's the fun thing I, I get to do at times at, at Libsyn is somebody will send something and they're like, you know, my file's not playing right or whatever. And it's because they're using variable bit rate, but I'll have to go over and, and download it and play it. And it's always fun listening to like a podcast in German or something that's not my native language. Cause it's weird. Cause they, it's the same the same patterns or whatever is like, ah, it's like the same thing. So it's like, yep, that's a podcast. Uh, and then all of a sudden here come the fart noises or whatever, but it's a completely different language. Uh, I love that. So Emily says, I hang out with Jim on Thursdays, no matter what he's talking about. Uh, now my husband gets to talk gadget stuff to me without my eyes glazing over. <laughs> and we, we, Emily has been a great addition to our chat room on Thursday nights. There's, you know, you have those listeners who are just dynamite and she's one of them. She comes out and gets engaged in the chat room and she brings gender diversity to our chat room, which is always pretty nice. We do a pretty good job of that here, Dave, but over on my show, it's pretty much a sausage fest. Right. Most Thursday nights. Right. So she brings that gender diversity, but she's an important part of the community and what we do, you know, and, and has become a friend uh, through here. Through, I mean, think about this. I mean, I listen to her on her podcast. She listens to me live on Thursday. She comes here. We all get together at Podcast Movement or whatever we're at, and we're all great friends. And I would have missed that if I hadn't, back in 09, if I hadn't sent an email to one guy and said, hey, I want to be on your podcast and took a chance. Like, none of that would have happened. And if you're feeling sick, she will buy you soup. It's true. I can say that truly. And of course, she has a she has a great voice. So, Steve says my wife won't let me listen to Jim in the car. Uh, that's 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 it's a good happen. thing. Steve. That is a good that is a good good thing. <laughs> I've I've had several listeners who who have emailed or have sent me notes and said they listen to me. Like their wife knows the she knows the podcast by the voices that are on it. And uh, I, one of the guys I got into crypto and he's bought a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like, she's never going to, I've had dinner at his place and I'm like, she is never going to let me back in the house. <laughs> never. <laughs> That's just not ever going to happen again. So sorry about that. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. Those relationships are great. There's a, uh, there's a new article out and about. This was from AndroidAuthority.com. Uh, kind of updating on the whole Google thing. It says you'll soon, soon see a Google podcast app on the play store and they kind of go through to explain that they're not really sure exactly what it is yet but somebody dug into a beta of the thing and saw that and blah 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 the, okay google doesn't know what it is either yeah to be honest. uh so this they have a really odd logo that's there and it says google play music uh certainly does podcast fine i don't know about that myself 
it does not it it doesn't do it nearly as well as it does music yeah and feels more like a tacked on feature hmm, maybe that's because it was it was no uh, it totally was i think if we look behind the scenes at google we would find out their current podcast initiative is all side hustles so it's google employees who are sick of all of us saying how google doesn't have anything for podcasts they're hearing this on podcasts they're like the the corporate they don't care i, I it's it's very evident, very clear that Google does not care about podcasting. And so I think what we're going to see from Google coming up here is all side hustle work. It's all stuff engineers are doing on the side. It's kind of kind of be hidden and weird, and not work and work. And I just I still don't believe we're going to get a great solution from Google. Another question from Facebook. This is from Darren Sutherland. And this was out in, I believe, the podcast movement Facebook group. Uh, I wanted to address this one ever since I added the pod track link. So how this works is if you want pod track to track your stats, you can go to most media hosts. Uh, in this case, Libsyn, you just ask Libsyn. We put it in our back end, And from there, it's in front of every single episode you have. He says, but ever since I put that link in, my show numbers are down. Why is that? And so I just wanted to point out, because some people get crazy with this. They'll put a pod track link and then they'll put a blueberry link and then they'll put an Acast link, and then they'll put a Voxer Nest Dynamo link. And then what happens is if anything, all those, so your listener comes to your episode and goes, hello, episode, and they're like, oh, here, uh, hold on. PodTrack is now tracking as one download. Uh, the Libsyn file is over there. The Blueberry file is over there. The PodTrack file, whatever it is, is over there. So it comes to PodTrack first. And so for whatever reason, PodTrack has a bad day, your audience is not getting to your episode. So I say that not to say, oh, you need to worry about PodTrack. I've never really heard. They had one little issue a couple of years ago, but for the most part, they're pretty solid. But my question is, are they giving you something that your Blueberry, Podbean, Libsyn, whoever, in terms of stats that you can't get? If you're on the, the Libsyn advanced stats, the answer is no. They're not. And so I'm always like, and I think the last time I checked, you had to have at least 10,000 downloads per episode to get any kind of advertising from PodTrack. And that might even be 20,000. They, they usually deal with the super duper, like 2% of people. So where I just ask the question, is it worth it? So just, just be careful. Anytime you add any kind of prefix, um, I, I, I talked a little bit with Rob and I need to go in and check this because I have, I'm using the, the Dynamo Vox Nest thing on uh, weekly web tools. And I need to, I, he made it sound like it will go to Vox Nest and use their new version where the ads are stitched into your show. And my question is, does it then go to Lipson? And the answer would be no, because they're playing their file. So that's where your numbers are going to take a dip. If you're using one of these dynamic ad insertion things. So uh, be careful with that. Just, just for the, the fun part of that. Um, how are we doing? Let's do the, it's time for the fun filled. Well, here, before I forget this, I need to give a, a slight apology. I mentioned last week we did the, um, we always do the first of the month. We read all of our patrons and, uh, apparently somehow Rob Griffiths from, um, bedtime.fm. You can go to bedtime.fm slash story time or bedtime.fm slash peace out and check out his podcast. And somehow he did not get listed last week, so I'm sorry about that, Rob, and uh, I will be updating the, the PowerPoint for that. Yeah, but anyway, thank you to our awesome supporters. Josh Liston from OnTheBubblePodcast.com, uh, Greg from DebtShepherd.com, 
and which is uh, about teaching financial wellness. Uh, Jonathan Bloom, where uh, you can have a weekly awesome.com, a weekly inspiration podcast. Uh, the one and only Glenn the Geek Hebert from horseradionetwork.com. And I think, nope, I almost forgot Josh. Josh Rivers from podcastingexperiments.com, as well as Max Trescott from aviationnewstalk.com. And Shane, who has, again, the coolest coasters ever from spybrary.com. And that is the the end of that. I'm going to butcher a name. Aruj? Is how, A-R-O-O-J. Aruj? Aruj. Aruj. Mm, boy, that's a good one. S-E-S-H-E-I-K-H. So I would say chic. We're going with that. Arud Sheik says, run it, run with it. Yeah. How do you build out an initial audience for a podcast launch? What tactics and tools were effective for you and any helpful links or resources would be great. So there, the thought, I think, I don't think I got all this question when I copied it, but they don't have a podcast yet. And so they're looking to, to build up some sort of audience pre launch. And I'm like, well, if you don't have a podcast, your only tools are you got a blog, I guess would be that. Uh, and then create an email list of some sort. Uh, so that, which means you might want to have a lead magnet besides like, Hey, click here to sign up when the podcast is going. It might be, again, this goes with knowing your audience. Is there something that they might need? And here's the checklist of blah, blah, blah. And then just go that route. Can you think of any, and then I guess go to Facebook groups, go to meetup groups, Meet people. Well, the, the 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 crawler, right? The Google crawler does best with words. Mm-hmm. And I think a super smart strategy is to put 10 or 15 blog posts together that you spend a bunch of time writing that are awesome. Like they need to be checked and double checked and, and, you know, really well written and very, very interesting. And I think you use those blog posts to gather an audience. Because I think it's a lot easier to do it with written content than it is to do with uh, on a podcast. We're st- we still struggle a little bit of people, of everybody consuming podcasts, but everybody will read a blog post. Like I don't know anybody who's like, oh no, I don't, I don't read blog posts. Yeah, that's that's not you know that I don't do that yet. And I think um, with those fifteen or so, ten or fifteen posts, you can really cre- and, and you use those posts to get your get your mailing list going. You got to do some things to kind of get them in, pull them in. Again, I think people listen to podcasts based on personalities. I listened to Paul Paul Therott, who does Windows Weekly with with Leo. I was reading his material. He used to do a weekly email that you could subscribe to that have a little update on what's going on with Microsoft, what's going on with him. I knew about, I kind of followed his son. His son is, is deaf. Hmm. And then he did a, uh, and they did one of those implants so he could, you know, so he could hear. Oh, wow. Paul talked about that in his newsletters, and I found that very, very interesting. And so something like that where the written content and email, and I'm not good at this, but uh, weekly email subscriber, you know, rewards of some kind where they get information from you, get them attracted to you, then launch your podcast. I mean, if you're going to do it, I think if you're going to do it that way, and you want to do it right or you want to do it however, that's a way of, of using the internet into your favor. Doesn't mean you have to do it. You can just start recording, get it yeah. out there. But I think if you want to gather an audience to start with, I think you got to start with the written word first. Yeah. Gather people that way. Because the other alternative would be YouTube, Facebook Live, things like that. I don't know. To me, it's, I, and I also, 
I just get worried about people making so much about the launch. Yeah. Cause it's, it, I mean, they, they want value in it. I don't, I don't blame them. I think they're focusing on it too much. Yeah. But I don't blame them. Like you, you're, you're going to put all this time and effort and let heart and soul. I think though, you know, you're so terrible in the first couple of podcasts. Like, right. Sometimes get those done. Yeah. Like I almost say create a series, a podcast series that's throwaway. Like get 10 of those things done and never let them see the light of day. Like never, I mean, get them out there, but don't make, you know, don't make them your thing. The other thing you can do, there's lots of services. Get on other people's podcasts yeah, first. That's what Craig just said in the yeah. chat room from Inglaya's yeah. podcast. Yeah. Perhaps try being a guest on a show in your niche before you go to launch. Go over to that's pod- what Hollywood does, yeah. right? That's the Tonight Show. It's not an it's not an interview show. It's a marketing show, right? right. That's the whole reason they do those night those those evening programs. There's a little entertainment, so you keep coming back, but it's just one gigantic promotion is all it is, right? <laughs> when 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 Bradley Cooper or any of those guys, any right. of the Chris's show up on those shows, they're always pimping a movie or they're yeah. I, I mean, that's the only reason they're there. It's so, always it's it's hilarious because the whole time you're you're waiting for Jimmy to go, Well, let's talk about such and such, which is whatever the movie is. It's like so you went to Amsterdam and blah, 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 and your kids said, oh, that's crazy. All right. Hey, let's talk about the new movie, shall we? Because it's like, that's that's why they're here. Yeah. Craig Ferguson used to make fun of all that because he broke all the rules when he was doing his The Late Late Show. And uh, he, I, well, I guess we're supposed to talk about your movie uh, or they'll get to the end and say, oh, we forgot to talk about why you were even here. Yeah. You know, so um, anyways, getting on other people's podcasts, one, gives you a chance to practice. Two, gives you some you know, a chance to kind of go out there and, 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 uh, and advertise what you're doing. Michael Delaney in the, uh, in the chat room had a question. He said, uh, I have 11 episodes of my 50 episodes and it gives me a different episode number in the search bar on my website. And I kind of said, well, can you expand on that? And he says, well, if I type in the number one, looking for episode one, I get episode number 41 in, in addition to number one. And I think that's it. That has the number one in it. So you probably have 31, 21, 11, uh, things like that. Also uh, over the years, WordPress search, not known for its accuracy at times. No, it's, it's terrible. You know, I, but I think that's probably it in this case, if it, it would be weird if you typed the number one and it brought you, you know, episode 23, but I know there are, I think there are plugins in there that, in theory are supposed to enable you to put like Google search on your website. Like, so when people go to a search box, it's using somehow Google's search skills for for your site, for your site. Right. Not, not not global, but for your site. Yeah. So that's, uh, that might be one, but, uh, I know it's it's not as bad as I remember. Cause I remember there was, there were times, um, I did one in my last episode where somebody talked about, did I just start a, an affiliate program for the school of podcasting? And it was way back in like episode 184. And I remember I did a show called I'll sponsor your podcast. And I went over to my website and typed in, I will sponsor your podcast. And it came right up, but that was lucky because I remembered that episode number, but it is, I, I've thought about that in the past. Uh, I've heard uh, SP and Steven talk about this on their show that maybe you should start an Excel spreadsheet if we want to go crazy and access database, something to track what was in the episode, what was what the guests were, what the links were, so that if you ever need to go back later and find it, you can. And that's one of those things like a spare tire. 
You don't really need it, but man, when you need it, you kind of wish you really, really had one. So I've never, I think about it every time I start a podcast. I'm like, I should probably do a thing with the, the spreadsheet, blah, blah, and I never do. And I just go, okay, WordPress search, don't fail me now. Yeah. So I think you can do an export out of WordPress too. And then there's some trickery you can do to go in and get all that info yeah. out of your, out of your database. If you want to do it that way, search is just, yeah, search is a, is a very difficult and, and doing things by episode numbers is inherently the problem, right? Numbers are not great search tools. That's yeah. the, that's the problem. Yeah. And it doesn't know if it's two or two of 202 or two of 222. Um, and so that, that piece just doesn't, uh, always doesn't work well. well. I, had, I had gone to, because I have multiple podcasts on my site, I had gone to, you know, HGG for home gadget geeks and then the number thinking that would create kind of a unique, you know, search topic. It doesn't, doesn't work. doesn't work for me that way, which is okay. You know, it's just, it's, this is an area that's difficult at best. Yeah. I'm doing a thing this week on the school of podcasting about why you podcast. So with that in mind, Mr. Cullison, Mm -hmm. what's your, why, why do you podcast? Now, obviously the, the Gallup podcast, you do it because somebody said, we're going to pay you to podcast. And you went, yay. But like, why do you do? (laughs) Why do you? That was still my idea. Oh, Oh, there you go. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was still my idea. So inherently I'm built to talk. That's just, those are my talents. I just enjoy, I don't ever get sick of talking. I'm energized by being around people. I'm energized by helping people. I want to influence them. I have these high influencing themes. We've talked about our strengths finder or Clifton strengths assessment, and I'm kind of wired to influence and talk. So for me, podcasting has been the perfect outlet to have this global outreach to be able to help people do things that they need to do. Uh, Home Gadget Geeks and then what I do called the coach and Theme Thursday, what I do at Gallup, are really derivatives of the exact same thing, helping people. That's all it is. I want to help people with difficult processes and make it easier for them. There's a social reward when people say, thank you, that really helped. End of story. I don't need anything more, right? That social reward for me of someone saying or someone writing, you helped me do this, man, best day ever for me, right? So podcasting is the perfect avenue for me to be able to do that in a way I'm a better talker than I am a writer, which means I'm a terrible writer. So, you know, uh, podcasting worked out really, really well. So if you ask me why it's the reward, and I think we always have to, that's the motivation is always what's the reward for us, right? What's the social reward? What's the physical reward? What's the monetary reward? The reward for me is this great feeling when people say they helped and, and I live for that. So that's why, that's why I podcast. There you go. Cause it's funny because I'm kind of the same way. Like one show right now, it's on the brink of, of pod fading is the Alexa cast. Um, he said, muting his before she starts yelling at him. I did that because I was in the same boat. I was like, wait, I just bought this thing. What do I do with it? And so I kind of create a bunch of episodes that explains what you can do with it. And I'm really reliant on news about that platform for new stuff. Because I'm even already finding that there are times there are apps that I've or whatever skills that I've spotlighted in the past that don't exist anymore. Like, hey, this is really cool. You can just ask uh, what's her name. Where's my uh, phone or, you know, call my phone. That app doesn't exist anymore. There's another one, but it's like, ooh, that's not good. And then when I was uh, politely removed from the Amazon Associates account, that was a big uh, reason. So my why has changed. I'm like, hmm. So that one's on the the thing. 
it, it's, you know, even for me, when I think about, um, let's use Alaska, Alexa, sorry, the Amazon device. Yes. Uh, when, when we think about that, I, I too started a bunch of, I, I started a site dedicated to it. I did a bunch of work when it first came out because it was new and I wanted to help people understand this. And then a million people flooded in and people who could do it better than me came in and I just felt like I wasn't as helpful. And so I just stopped doing it. Right. In our, in our tech with my tech show, Home Gadget Geeks, that thing has changed formats, I don't know, six times probably, because it started with one idea of helping people with their PCs. That's why we started, like PC help. Well, there's a lot of great material out there. And guess what? Nobody's using PCs anymore. It's all phones. And there's plenty of phone stuff. And so I wanted to go more community focused because I wanted to slide into a niche uh, that I felt no one was was filling, you know, was filling in. So I think for me, uh, it's really, really important that I continually change based on the needs of the consumer rather than trying to find a niche. You know, I'm not going to hold on to the to the Amazon device podcast because there's already a lot of people doing it pretty well. And yeah. if that's the case, then I'm not as needed. I'll go someplace where I'm needed. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I know there's a guy doing one in Canada. But it's just one of those where it's like, hmm, yeah. this this no, may this right this, this may affect how I uh, run with this. Well, and Dave, what if your motivation was to make money, right? And, Ooh, and that's okay. Yeah, like that's okay. So if I'm doing a podcast to make money and that's my motivation, then all of a sudden I do things differently. Oh yeah, I, I, I do go to try corner markets. I do get aggressive about my branding. I do make sure my information is a hundred percent correct. Like y- you approach it differently. And, yeah. uh, and your why is different and that, and that's okay. You know, that is, that's, that's very much okay. Yeah. It's uh, I actually did an episode. I do a podcast called building a better Dave and I actually woke up at five because this whole writing a speech for the hall of fame thing is really messing with my head. Cause it's, it's, I'm, I want to thank so many people and yet I only have, I don't know how much time I have left. I wish they would answer that question, but it, that's the thing that's always to me is a bit of a head scratcher. Kind of like what you were saying is when people say, thank you for all your hard work. And I go, it wasn't really hard work. That's the part that I'm like, I, I did this because I love it. Because like you said, when somebody comes up and says, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have launched my podcast. I'm like, and gas is in the tank. You know, it's like, now we're ready for another six months. Okay, good. Right on. Um, Let me encourage you to write two speeches for this thing, right? Yeah. One that's very quick and a very appropriate mm-hmm. for the actual date because – in that moment, lots of people don't remember things. Some people you think aren't going to be there. It won't necessarily be recorded. It won't necessarily have its impact. Then write one and publish it as a podcast. That's going to be sure, it. Yeah, make sure the people that are in it hear it. Because I think that's really, really important that those people you want to thank, the the one you give at the show isn't as important as the one as you put on your podcast. Yeah. Because um, I, I literally, so, I mean, I would think people like... Ryan K. Parker, like anybody that's bought me breakfast. So SP, Joe Solsey High, Ryan K. Parker, uh, Steve Stewart, you know, all these people. And I'm like, if I start naming names, A, that scares the crap out of me because I'm going to forget somebody. Ken Blanche is going to go, what about me, man? I'm like, oh, yeah, Ken Blanchard, too. You know, so that's really scary. So, yeah, it's going to be I, I think I'm going to do what you did. I'm going to have because I started one and I started reading it. And I was literally like halfway through it. And I look up, I'm like, okay, I'm at nine minutes. I think this needs edited. So yeah. um, we'll save that one. Yeah. Like save that one and and do a podcast around it and take as long as you need and, you know, be as cheesy as you want to be and add all the names in. And you can make sure you get everybody, right? That's the thing. 
Yeah. If that's what's important to you, then you can. And then, you know, take three minutes at, and, 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 you know, use that venue to just, maybe you're just saying, Hey, this is what this has done for me. Yeah. Like, let me just tell you what podcasting has done for me and make it, make that one all about the experience. Cause I have a really cool thing that I did that was like, get out there and podcast. Like there's a, in fact, I think I'm still going to use that for my ending, like a couple of different things. It's like, look, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's a cool story. And I'm like, that, that would be a good ending. That's a good, you know, John Belushi in, in animal house. Let's do it. You know, kind of thing. I was like, okay, yeah. I think that's the ending. We did have a question in the chat room, uh, thinking about Patreon benefits. Uh, this is, I guess, per last week's discussion, thinking about Patreon benefits for the contributors. Since many podcasters list their patron supporters, seems like that's a promotional strategy for yourself. That's why Dave, uh, that's is true. it? Yeah. Very true. Uh, start supporting podcasters in your industry. Yeah. Could this be a way to be a come a guest on shows? There are some shows, uh, that I can think of two. Um, one is John Lee Dumas and the other one is Joe Pardo, um, that are straight up. If you want to be on my show, you're going to pay me. And that's their prerogative. And I asked Joe, I go, but what if the guest doesn't bring any value? And he's like, no, 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 that's, I'm not just taking anybody that gives me money. He goes, but, and his, his thing was, he was tired of being approached by people who were nincompoops for lack of a better phrase to use the Bugs Bunny phrase. So now it's like, if somebody sends him that, he goes here, here's the fill out the invoice and we'll go to town kind of thing. What it does is like, I know, uh, you know, if I see, if I hear the Seahawkers podcast or if I hear, you know, bedtime stories, if I hear, you know, oh crap, uh, Doug Salamone is, see, I just said, I remember these, uh, becoming, become limitless. That's it. It puts me, you put your name and your podcast in their radar. If they're a good, you know, artist, mm-hmm. you should know your patrons. So I think that's what that does. And it just starts to build that relationship. I, did an episode once about being a guest and I said, just get, just make it to where every time they turn around, like, Hey, there's that Dave Jackson guy again. Oh, he left a comment on the blog going, he, he liked my Facebook page. Oh, he, he retweeted my thing. Like, who is this Dave Jackson guy? It's just a way to kind of go, hi, hi, remember me, you know? And if you keep giving value, they're probably going to go, Hey, would you, you want to come on the show? Doesn't mean they're going to, but it's a shot. So it's a start. I did have, um, one strategy you might use, and it's it's one of those that could get a little icky, but if you want to be on somebody's show and you know somebody that knows that person, you might ask that person and give them a big door to say no to this, but you might say, could you introduce me to that person kind of thing? Because in A... And then list why you think you're a good guest. I, I'm always amazed at how many people approach other people without the like, and here's what I want to talk about that your audience will like. I get all this generic crap um, because I had a, a guest on, I think I mentioned this before that SP recommended, and he's a pretty cool guest. And we're going to talk about the fact that you shouldn't be afraid to change your format. So that was a cool interview, but that's something that I gave that guy a lot more leeway because SP said, I think this guy's a good guy. So if you know somebody that knows somebody, uh, because if that guy sucked, it'd be like, SP, what are you doing, man? That guy didn't have anything to talk about. Uh, that that might be another way if you're really trying to get on somebody's show. See if you know somebody who knows somebody to to do that. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Jim? Yeah, it's a bigger risk. 
Um, cause you just don't, you know, you've got that third party. You don't know. It may go south. It, it, you know, you, you could jeopardize the relationship. I mean, all those bad things can happen. And I, I too was asking for a while listeners and, and I was having trouble connecting that, that making that work for me that I thought that would be an easy way to do it. And, and it, it didn't, it didn't turn out to be that way. And so I kind of, I've stopped asking um for for those kinds of things it's just yeah. not working well for me so well, it, it can get a little sticky in the relationship yeah it can be great too like it could be awesome yeah craig so, says that that could make that person in the middle really uncomfortable and that's yeah. where that's where i said it's it's like i'm not sure if i don't know that i would do that but i've i've seen other people do that and i'm like eh, okay it kind of worked but even with that i had that guy get on the phone with me for 15 minutes that's something i do now i'm like wait if i don't know you you got to come on and, and for lack of a better phrase, pitch me. Like, what are we, what's the angle? And, and finally, after he kind of told me the story, I said, so I said, I, I, from your story, I said, I hear the angle of you weren't afraid to change things. And he goes, oh yeah, absolutely. Because this, and I'm like, okay, that's okay. That, that I can work with. You know, that's something I want to promote on my website. So, but it, yeah. it took us a while to, to kind of like the whole time I'm like, hmm. And that's where. It's just awkward, you know, because I was really at one point going to think, I don't, I don't hear anything yet. I don't hear it. And he's like, well, then we did this. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. There we go. That's what we're looking for. And what happened when you did? Oh, we did. Okay, cool. So, but there was a time like five minutes in that I'm thinking, I don't, I don't hear anything yet. So, and you just got to be, I'll give an example. I had a, uh, in the future, I'm going to be promoting Chris Curran's podcast engineering school. And so we had a conversation about that. I'm actually going to take his class. And um, I, I told him, I said, you know, this might be a little weird for me taking your class. I said, for the record, my plan is not to come in and steal your content and put it into the school of podcasting. Um, and so we had to have a really like, you know, we might end up saying no here because that might not work and this might work. And I'm like, and if that's, if I said, if you have any of those feelings, I'm not offended. I would feel the same way. Uh, I said, so you just had to, and I said, you know, we both, enjoy each other's company. We're friends. And I said, but this is a business thing. So, you know, let's keep the friend thing cool. But if this doesn't work in a business way, it's not a, it's not a personal thing. It's a, it's a business thing. And I said, and I'm completely cool with that. And so in the end, we actually worked something out, but we had to be able to leave the door open to say, this may not be exactly the best fit ever. And we were both, I guess, mature enough to figure out that that, that may be the case and that would be okay. So, um, it's just awkward conversations are well awkward. <laughs> yeah. It's just people, right? It's just, it's, it's part of the deal. If you're going to work with people and, and make those things happen, you, you said something that sparked a, a thought for me as well. And both with your guests and with hosts, whether they're long-term hosts or short-term hosts is having those things nailed down those expectations. We've talked about this a bunch, but I think it's a good reminder, like get those very clear expectations, no matter how good of friends you are, and the best way to ruin a friendship is to do business. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, make sure you have those expectations laid out really, really clear. And, um, you know, that that it's, you know, where's the Patreon money going to go? Where is advertising oh, money yeah. going to go? You know, where, how, what's the expectations, Dave? I was clear with you on this. I'm not in this for your money. Like, I, I just want to hang out with you on Saturdays. And other people could come hang out with you, too. We leave it wide open. I just yeah. be the one that answers every week, right? And, um, and so it's, it's one of those things. So it's super, super clear. And I have my expectations set that as I look at your long list of patrons, patrons on this thing, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool that I don't go, Oh, 
wait a minute, I brought some of those here. You know, yeah. not that I did, but I could start saying like, I mean, they're here to support you. Let's just be honest. But it is one of those great things between you and I that it's just like, no, we, we know the expectations. Right. And I think that's it, it, it's, 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 as, uh, as important it is to have that with a host. If you're having a guest on, and especially like we were mentioning about charging your guests, yeah. as soon as you charge, that relationship changes. And you you can't now, right? There's expectations in that. And it's, you better have really clear expectations set and signed before they come on. I, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Because if they're like, well, I want to talk about the book some more. And you're like, no, we kind of hit that. No, no, I'm paying. Yeah, that could get, that. that the whole thing for me just goes, I don't it changes, know. It changes things. Yeah, it definitely the, changes in things. In the immortal words of Cindy Lauper, money changes everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, it changes relationships. If you ever want to ruin a relationship, oh, just dude, start working with yeah. people. I, I lost a good friend of mine. Uh, I went. He had a business, and he said, "Why don't you quit your job and come work for me?" And the second time he couldn't make payroll, I went, um, "I'm going back to school." And he yeah. was not happy because he'd paid all this money to me. You know, he had invested in me as an employee, and all that money invested in me and an employee was going out the door. And I'm like, "Well, dude, when you can't make payroll, yeah, I'm sorry, but." Uh, you know, and it took us a while, but eventually we kind of mended fences. It was like water under the bridge, but you know, he was, he was not happy and, and I didn't blame him for not being happy, but I also was kind of like, why are you mad at me? You're, you're not making payroll, but I guess he wanted me to, uh, hang in there. So it like, man, today went by super duper, duper fast. Hey, there's a question in chat, GDPR. We'll cover that in the post show. Yes, absolutely. Um, I hope you can answer that because. Yeah, I can talk to it. I'm going to say I went through and updated my policy and sent out an email. And other than that, I went, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, It's not much more than that, but we'll talk about it. (laughs) If you want to join us for for the post show, by the way, you can just go out to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And uh, you'll pop in right in here into our lovely little video. So if you have a question, uh, we're still taking questions as well at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Jim, what's coming up on the averageguy.tv? Yeah, I mentioned it. News, reviews, product updates, and conversations. So we talk about PC builds this week. Not a lot of folks building their PCs anymore, but a lot of conversations around that. And just some Father's Day gifts under 50 bucks that are gadgets. So I had it out there. We got a couple good ones. Uh, TheAverageGuy.tv. Nice. I will be talking about understanding your why and the power of your why. And I'm also going to talk about getting the motivation. So th- this week's a little more cerebral with the School of Podcasting. It's still eventually I'm going to to work in a review of this thing. I haven't done that yet. Can you, you showed that like eight times. Can you tell I'm just not that excited about microphone shootouts? It's like, oh yeah, I'll do that too. But that's what's coming up. Uh, that's again, we, we talked about this earlier. That's kind of where I am right now. And uh, heard a really good interview about motivation it was like, Ooh, I'm taking that and bringing it to podcasting. Cause it's uh, a really interesting insight into that. So that'll be on uh, Monday school of podcasting. If you're a member of the school of podcasting, don't forget, in an hour and a half at 1 o'clock, we have SOP Office Hours, better known as Open Q&A. So that is coming up as well. So thanks for joining us. We're here every Saturday. Askthepodcastcoach.com. Subscribe in iTunes. Leave a review and all the other 8 million calls to action. We'll be right back with some post-show. 